At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Chicago City Cast with Danny Burke, presented by Bet Rivers. What's happening, folks? Welcome into a Tuesday edition of the Chicago City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers. Danny Burke, your host, as always on Twitter. You can reach me at Danny Burke Five. You can also get access to my show Rush Hour on Veasan, the Sports Betting Network. Goes Monday through Friday, five to six PM Central Time on the Marquee Sports Network, Fubo TV, Sling TV, the Xfinity app, uh, YouTube TV iHeartRadio, wherever you get your podcasts, and of course, VEASAN.com and the VEASAN app. As for the Chicago City Cast today, folks, we've got a couple of topics to talk about. Well, we'll, we'll recap the Bulls and the Blackhawks game. Don't even get me started on the Blackhawks game, but we will recap it. Um, and you're like, why are you saying it like that? They won. Well, I'll tell you why in a sec, in case you didn't listen yesterday. But also, we got to talk about the MVP conversation for the NBA. It is time to start taking our guy DeMar DeRozan seriously. We'll get to that later in the show. Second part of this episode, I kind of joked, but somewhat seriously said it yesterday. We're going to take a look at these Super Bowl 57 odds. I actually made a few bets already. Believe it or not, we'll talk about the Bears futures odds, see if anything's worth a bet with them, and just really progress throughout the NFL offseason very, very early on. Let's begin by recapping the Chicago sports action from last night, starting with the Blackhawks. Okay, so obviously I'm frustrated here because the Blackhawks won 3-1. to one. Good news if you're a Blackhawks fan. I am a Blackhawks fan. Bad news if you were fading the Blackhawks last night. I was fading the Blackhawks last night. And it wasn't a bet that necessarily I was in love with the Jets, per se. Because when you bet on a team, obviously you want to be in love with them and think they have the big advantage. Granted, I did think the Jets have the advantage. I liked them. I didn't love them. But what I loved was the idea of fading the Blackhawks. It was more of a fade like I was talking about on the Blackhawks than it was a backing of the Jets. And I know I didn't really have an official play on the City Cast when I was talking about it. I was waiting for a better number, but I did make it an official play on Rush Hour. So hopefully you only listen to the City Cast and were able to evade that play. But look, I, again, I don't know the exact number, but I got to be like one in five on Blackhawks plays thus far. In, a, in my NHL record, I just had the number. For, it's like 24-19, 24-18, 25, you know, something like that. So we're still having a pretty solid year. Last year, we were 30-11. and 11. To replicate that would just be insane. But we're still doing pretty well in hockey, but the team that has screwed me consistently have been these damn Blackhawks. On and off the ice. They're terrible for me. But overall, I mean, they're terrible for a lot of people. But look, 
The Blackhawks were coming off a 5-1 loss to St. Louis. You're going on the road against a Jets team that already beat you. I think the score was like 5-1 earlier this year. The Jets are actually in playoff contention. They were on home ice. They had their starter, Hellebuck, in the net, who has been great. But there's a time for him to look great. It was against the Hawks. Granted, he only allowed two goals. If you can get that out of your goalie on a consistent basis, you're doing pretty damn well. Their offense was non-existent. I watched the third period of that game, and the Jets looked like a team that were ready to leave and go on their val Valentine's Day dates or something. Like, I, they couldn't pass the puck for squat. They literally looked like a collegiate team. Worse than a collegiate team, that would be an insult to college teams playing hockey because I've seen better passing, better puck control out of them than I did out of this Jets team. They made the Hawks look like a legit NHL team that would be in postseason contention which they are not. The Jets did outshoot the Blackhawks 32-24. to Sometimes quality over quantity persists, and that was the outcome for this game. Plus, Winnipeg won the face-off battle 26-16. So if you're looking at those stats, typically a majority of the time, the team that leads in those categories probably going to win the game. Didn't fall our way yesterday. So that was a tough one. Again, I'm probably like 1-5 in, in betting the Blackhawks this season. I just... I almost want to say I'm done betting them, but I can't because I'm just too stubborn and I let my ego get in and I'm not going to say I'm going to let that affect what I'm giving out here, but personally, I'm just going to have to bet them again so I could get up on top and get a win, whether it's fading them or trusting them. Probably not going to be trusting them, but man, this team just loves to screw with me. It's just that one team in every sport, everybody's got one, and it sucks when it's your own team, especially when they're having a crap year and you think you could take advantage of it by fading them, and then it doesn't come through. All right, I'm going to try to keep my blood pressure down a little bit, so let's move on to something happy. The Bulls get another win, 120-109 to 109 at the UC against the San Antonio Spurs. Look, we didn't end up playing the Bulls, but it was another similar spot that we have done a lot this season, being a spread where the Bulls were, you know, around 4, 5, 6. They were 5. It moved down, but we would look to take advantage of the Bulls on a shorter money line price, and that's what we leaned to. We didn't play it. Hopefully, you were able to, but it was a similar spot to what we saw against the Timberwolves in a very frequent spot we have seen with this Bulls team since they have been depleted as short home favorites. They just keep coming through. The Spurs took care of business in San Antonio. Overall, as we talked about with the stats and metrics, the Bulls favored all of them pretty well, right? They matched up very well against the Spurs. The Spurs have the deeper roster, but the same guys who went off the first time against the Bulls, well, the same thing didn't happen on the road. Now, we had a couple of bets here, and that was Jakob Pertl over 23.5 points, rebounds, and assists. So that one came home. He ended up with 13 points, 9 rebounds, and 4 assists. We just missed out on the double-double at plus 220 by one freaking rebound. Pain. Pain. But I guess the good thing is, if you only had those bets, you end up even because you had the plus 220 value if you're keeping your standard unit for each play. Now, he did get over 12.5 points, 8.5 rebounds, so I'm sorry if I swayed you away from that and had you do the points, rebounds, and assists in the double-double, but again, at least he hit the points, rebounds, and assists. Hopefully, you're able still able to uh, make some cake off of Pirtle, but man, one more rebound, we would have been sitting pretty, pretty good, because I went back to Bet Rivers later in the day. I went back to some of these other books. They didn't have as high as value. I threw a little bit more on the double-double because the number didn't move, so missing out by one rebound, that one stinks. That one stinks, but it is what it is. Uh, more takeaways from that game. Obviously, DeRozan, the dude's points prop was at like 31 and a half. He got 40. This guy's been incredible as of late.
Vooch had 25. Round of applause for Nikola Vucevic. I mean, when he's needed to step up most, he has done it now with this depleted team and when Levine has been absent. Awesome, Vooch. This is why you came here. This is why the Bulls brought you on. Kobe White, 24, saying, screw everybody who wanted me traded. This is why I am needed here right now. And he is thriving in the moment that the Bulls need him. No Zach Levine, no problem. No Lonzo Ball, no Alex Caruso, no Pat Williams. I got you. That is the production you want and aspire to get out of Kobe White. Awesome. Hit big threes. Again, like he did on Friday against the Timberwolves late in the game, early. He was very consistent and lethal, and that is awesome to see from a young, rising, hopefully, star in Kobe White. I get it. I've been harsh on him in the sense that I feel like you know what his ceiling is as a player. But man, and, and look, his stats aren't going to be the same like this once the roster gets healthy. But he is filling the void tremendously as of these past several games. So shout out to Kobe White as well. That was great to see. Bulls get the win in the cover. 120 to 109 against the Spurs. Now coming up next will be an interesting matchup because of the new roster acquisitions. The Sacramento Kings come into the United Center on Wednesday. Final game for the Bulls before the All-Star break. Probably going to be a similar situation, right? Assuming it's the same roster that you got yesterday uh, with Levine out, Bulls will probably be Oh, I don't know, maybe, well, unless they're putting the market down low on the Kings because the Kings could have had a decent spot to beat the Nets and gain some respect, but they got blown out. So maybe this thing actually is more like six. I, I feel like it shouldn't be that high, but look, the Bulls, again, just beat the Spurs by 11, and that came down to a three-and-a-half-point spread, and everybody was betting uh, the Spurs. Um, so this might be higher. We might not get that situation to where we can get the relatively affordable price on the money line, but we'll see. Should be a good game for the Bulls to end, what, on a five-game winning streak heading into the All-Star break? That would be big. And what would also be big is after Zach Levine sees the same specialist that did the surgery on his ACL, he says, no, man, you're actually all good. Because if Levine has a severe injury, we are all going to cry and we are all going to jump into the Chicago River and probably not make our way out. I'm not joking. That would be absolutely devastating if Levine has a severe injury that sidelines him for the rest of the season, postseason, whatever it is. Can we just catch a break? And yes, it is amazing getting DeRozan to do what he's been doing. It is awesome to see Vooch come alive as of late. It is great to get that product, uh, production from a, what should be role player in Kobe White to drop in 24 in big games. But you know that you need Levine and that this isn't going to last against solid teams who are better than you and in the postseason. So please, to the basketball gods, keep Levine healthy and the rest of this squad healthy. Please. But speaking of DeMar DeRozan, folks, we got to talk about his MVP legitimacy and if it's worth a play. So DeMar DeRozan, through bull circles and even very minimally, but it's been discussed about him getting more respect for MVP. Now, there was like a brief moment, maybe a month or two ago to where people really started talking about it and then you got Jokic running away with it and Bede running away with it Curry's always been in the conversation as has Giannis Antetokounmpo but now that you've gotten this Bulls team that has been so banged up all throughout and with Levine maybe having a decently big injury hopefully not knock on wood now he's getting this national recognition literally as of last night more than I've ever seen so at Bet Rivers, DeMar DeRozan is 35 to 1 to win MVP. Some other shops have it as high as 40 to 1. You got to take a flyer on it, folks. I 
took a couple pieces of it at 35 and 40 to 1. Look, in the last six games, DeRozan has 232 total points. The exact average. 38.7 points per game, 61% from the floor, 85% from the charity stripe, 5.7 rebounds per game, 5.5 assists per game, 38 minutes played in that span. Furthermore, looking at the exact numbers, 40 points on 67 field goal percentage shooting, uh, 38 points on 50% shooting, 35 points on 64% shooting, 36 points on 68% shooting, my goodness, 38 points on 59% from the field and 45 points from 60% shooting throughout the field. It's the longest streak of 35-point games on 50% shooting in Bulls history. Michael Jordan never did that. StatMuse tweeted that out. Add StatMuse on the tweets. The recognition will come. The respect is inevitable. And it will not be 40-1 to 1 heading into the All-Star break. And maybe it is. Who knows? Because you have that break. But if he puts another performance where he's getting 35-plus, he should be in the top three conversation. Call me biased. Call me whatever the hell you want. It's not inaccurate to say that. You know why? Because furthermore, another metric that you can use to base his value to this team and throughout the NBA. So... In predicts, at IN predicts on Twitter, it's Mike Bowie, I believe is how you pronounce his name. He has this metric to where you measure win probability added measure. So basically what this does is it combines win probability impact of field goals plus free throws plus turnovers. At the top of the list, it's DeMar DeRozan. So his win probability added measure is at 7.75, okay? The next closest player to that is at 5.33. That's Nikola Jokic, who's not even the short shot to win the MVP. That belongs to Joel Embiid, who's actually fourth behind Steph Curry, Jokic, and DeRozan. He's at 4.55. I'm not saying that to discredit anything that Joel Embiid has done. He is a short shot and the rightful short shot, and if he stays healthy, he will win the award. Let's be honest. It's kind of late in the game for DeRozan to be getting this respect, but I'm telling you to bet it because I just... Don't think the value is still going to be there heading into the All-Star break or at the end of the season. Now, I'm not sure if they'll give you the cash-out option on the MVP, but if you get that good of value and it actually gets kind of down to the wire to where it's like, wow, DeRozan, man, this guy could be the dude, and he actually might get some votes. You could at least make somewhat of a profit. And if it does come down to one or two, you're going to be like, man, I wish I got that 40 to 1 flyer. And I get it. If it doesn't hit, it doesn't hit. You're not making money. But for the people who like to go price shopping, someone who wants to believe in DeMar DeRozan as a Bulls fan yourself, I'm telling you, it is worth at least a little flyer on 35 or 40 to 1, depending on where you can get it. The national media is finally going to start recognizing him. How could you ignore it? Especially if Levine is going to be injured. We are not rooting for that by any means. But if he's going to be, or at least some time rested, DeRozan will keep amplifying his statistics. That is inevitable for DeRozan. This guy is playing the best basketball he has played in his career. And he's got the Bulls number two in the East. What, a half game back from the Miami Heat? 
the fact that the Bulls are still at the top of the Eastern Conference, and if they end up there, folks, if they end up number one, not saying they will, but if they do, yeah, they're a half game behind Miami. Even if they get top two, top three, without their star players for a majority of the season, DeRozan deserves to be top three in the conversation. How would he not? How would he not? You take DeRozan off the Bulls right now, considering that they would have their depleted roster that they have. They're not winning any of these games. That's just a fact. You take Jokic off the Suns, or the Suns, you take Jokic off the Nuggets, I would agree. I mean, obviously that team would not be anywhere near as good. But you know what? They're not even that good in the first place. They're the sixth seed in the Western Conference. Yes, you can make the argument it's a more difficult Western Conference. It's hard enough for him to win back-to-back MVPs, but DeRozan should be ahead of him. I would argue that. I would argue he deserves to be ahead of Giannis. And I get the the argument in the sense that, look, if you take those guys off, they would arguably wor- uh, arguably be worse. But the fact that the Bulls have st- uh, sustained this consistency with how bad their defense has been and still at the top of the Eastern Conference over Joel Embiid and his 76ers, over Giannis Antetokounmpo and his Milwaukee Bucks, How can you ignore that? Better record than John Morant. That's false, actually. John Morant, the Grizzlies have a better record. Sorry, a better record than the Denver Nuggets, obviously, with 32 wins. Because you look at these odds right now, Joel Embiid is plus 155. Jokic at Bet Rivers is 3-1. to Giannis is plus 320. Look, Giannis, I'm not saying he's having a bad year, but he's always going to be up there because of the name, just like LeBron always was, even though LeBron is at 80-1. to The Lakers stink. Steph Curry, 6-1. to Ah. <sighs> It's Steph Curry. Of course, he's going to be up there. But really, really, can we argue that he should be above DeRozan? You could argue it. Would it actually be true statistically? No, I don't think so. John Moran at 10 to 1. Get out of here. Chris Paul at 30 to 1 above DeRozan. What are we doing? Give the man his respect. Take advantage of the value. DeMar DeRozan, 35 to 40 to 1. Take a flyer on it, folks. You know you want it. You know he deserves it. You know the number is going to move. You don't know if he's going to win it. And realistically, again, and if you're someone who's like, I'm only betting if I think he has a legit shot, it's going to be very, very hard for him to overcome Embiid. But I just think it's still worth a little bit of a bet. Give the guy the respect where it is. He should be probably at 6-1 to where Steph Curry is right now. I'm dead serious when I'm saying this. What has Steph Curry done that's been more dominant as of late than DeMar DeRozan. You can say, recency bias. No, because it's been a consistent thing this whole season. He's just been that much more efficient, that much more aggressive and dominating over the past of the, uh, over the course of these past couple of weeks. Again, I mean, 39 points per game over the last six games. He doesn't have that much help. Kobe White, yeah, if he goes off, Vooch, aside from that, you're playing... With Matt Thomas, with Tony Bradley, with Ayo DeSumo, who has been awesome, don't get me wrong, but a rookie drafted in the second round. Derek Jones Jr., Javante Gray. You think Jokic is playing with those type of guys? You think Steph Curry is surrounded by those type of guys? You think Embiid is surrounded by those type of guys? Get out of here with that. He is doing the most with the least amount of talented roster as of this point. And if this roster with Levine being out especially persists, those odds are going to move as it should. So I'm just saying, if you want some value, give the respect to DeRozan, 
consider that flyer at 40 to 1. The dude deserves that respect. So we'll see if he gets it. Should be fun. But again, I mean, we just got to hope that Levine can come back healthy. That's the biggest thing right now, to be quite honest. But you're seeing great results from the guys step up when they need to. Nothing's been happening in the buyout market. I guess we'll wait to see what all the injury notes are and who could come back sooner rather than later. It looks like Pat Williams could be that guy. And look, Derek Jones Jr. coming back was a pleasant surprise. He said he's not 100%, but he just doesn't want to sit anymore. So good for you, buddy. And yeah, I mean, going into the All-Star break, if they can cap it off with a, with a win against the Kings, you'll be feeling good. Just got to get the home front healthy. But we shall see. All right, coming up next, we're going to talk some Super Bowl 57 futures odds. I know, Danny, shut up. The NFL season just ended. Why would we care about bets that won't even get close to coming through till a year from now? Because there is good value. And if you like price searching, if you like hunting for that value, let me give you a few teams that fit the bill under that umbrella. So coming up next, we'll discuss that. Danny Burke, your host. It is the Chicago City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers. Bet Rivers Sportsbook wants you to experience rush pay. When you want to cash out your winnings, you don't want to wait two days just to get the go-ahead to withdraw your money. That's why Bet Rivers created Rush Pay. With Rush Pay, 80% of withdrawal requests are approved instantly, meaning you'll get your money faster. Why wait? Get your cash when you want it. Bet with a winner. Bet with Bet Rivers Sportsbook at BetRivers.com. Not valid for any participant of the Illinois Gaming Board Statewide Voluntary Self-Exclusion Program. Must be 21 years of age or older. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER. 1-800-426-2537. All right, welcome back to the Chicago City Cats. Time to talk some Super Bowl 57 futures. And again, folks, if you're over the NFL season, you're saying, Danny, come on, let's just focus on college hoops, NBA, hockey, like anything else. I'm sorry, but I'm telling you, it's worth the listen here. And we will get into college hoops. I know I don't talk about it too much. I don't want to just kind of try to fake it, right? I mean, college hoops is okay. I think it's kind of a crappy product. I mean, trusting these kids who can't even hit open shots or free throws is just insanely aggravating overall, let alone the course of a regular season. So I don't get heavily involved until like conference tournament time. And then, of course, March Madness. So we will talk about it, but I'm just still letting a couple things unfold until we get there. It's getting close, but uh, man, if we don't get baseball, yikes, that's one of my favorite sports to handicap. So hopefully they can figure that out. Manfred, you're a fool. Figure it out sooner rather than later. All right, Super Bowl 57 futures odds at Bet Rivers. First things first, the Bears are 66 to 1 at Bet Rivers. Now, of course, I'm not going to bet that, and it's very long shot odds, but they're actually as high as 80 to 1 at some other books. So if you want to take a flyer, make sure you do your due diligence and look around. I would bet a Bears futures to make the playoffs actually because I think you could get probably I would assume like plus 250 or better odds at least and again I, I've said it before and I'll continue to say it assuming they can make the necessary moves in the offseason with their new front office get the right talent around fields the right coaching the right personnel they could be like the Philadelphia Eagles were this last season again guys the playoffs are expanded teams who shouldn't be in it are in it the Bears could be one of those teams next year so I'm fascinated to see what those odds are going to be at but again the Bears ranging from anywhere to 66 to 1 to be hoisting the Lombardi trophy come this time next year or 80 to 1 as the highest but three teams that stick out to me. First, I guess I'll just rifle through this list at Bet Rivers of the short shots. And it's funny, I'm sure a majority of the crowd couldn't care less, but these odds actually have moved since I literally talked about them last night. 
But the short shot is the Buffalo Bills at plus 750. Don't disagree with that at all. Chiefs come next at 8-1. to Again, don't disagree. Rams at 11-1. 49ers at 12-1. The Cheeseheads, the Packers, 13-1. Dallas, 14-1. Cincinnati, 16-1. Tennessee, 20-1, along with Baltimore, the Chargers, and then the Broncos come 22-1, Cardinals 25-1 along with the Patriots, Bucks drop to 28-1 along with the Colts. All right, a couple things here. Short shot, between the Bills and the Chiefs, who would I choose? I'd go with the Bills. I think it is the Bills' time to finally overcome the mountaintop that is the Kansas City Chiefs. You can argue about the coin flip all you want, get a stop in overtime, but again, I do think Buffalo is the better team, more talented uh, maybe not more talented, let me take that back, but better defensively, right? And I think this will be the year that the Bills can overtake the crown that is Kansas City if they get matched up again. That would just be my speculation. But plus 750 is very short. And look, that might be the, the lowest odds you get them in terms of just value or highest, however you want to interpret it. Um, but I just, it's not what I'm rushing to get. I'm sure you'll have that available until the start of the season. So I would take them over the Chiefs. Teams I would eliminate right away from contention. I would not be so quick to be betting the Rams at 11-1 for a few reasons. Uncertainty, right? You have the uncertainty of the rumors of is Sean McVay going to retire and go into broadcasting? Is Aaron Donald going to retire? Go off on top. Is Matt Stafford with everything he has endured? Finally got the ring. Done getting his body beat up. Go enjoy time with your family. Who knows if he's going to be quarterback? you don't know what's going to happen. So for those reasons and for the reasons of just how hard it is to win back-to-back -back Super Bowls, man, I mean, if the Chiefs couldn't do it based on what we saw from the Rams, I'm not rushing despite them having that talent. If they get everybody back again, I just, that wouldn't be a team I'd be running to the counter to put some money on. 49ers at 12-1, to love Shanahan, love their schematics, good enough defense, need to address the secondary. Kittle's getting older. Are people going to be able to limit Debo Samuel enough? Biggest concern is who the hell is going to play quarterback? Is it Jimmy G? If it is, probably not going to be good enough to compete with the likes of a Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. I know you're in the NFC, but still. And if it's Trey Lance, you want to trust Trey Lance right out of the gate? No, thank you. So it's a pass on me of the 49ers at 12 to 1. I'm sure you'll get better value on them at some point in the season like you did this past year. And then you got the Packers at 13-1. Talk about uncertainty. What the hell is going to happen with Aaron Rodgers? If he stays, yes, solid value considering the NFC North still wide open, but you just don't know. So for that reason, like in Shark Tank, I'm out. No thank you on the Packers, 13-1. Cowboys at 14-1 because of the openness of the NFC. I would entertain it. I don't hate it, but you know what's holding me back, folks? The big man coaching, Mike uh, Mike McCarthy, he just doesn't get it. He can't manage late games. This has been apparent. And the reason that you only got one Super Bowl with the talent that is Aaron Rodgers, you think you're going to get it done with Dak Prescott now? You got incredible receiving threats in CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, Dalton Schultz, Ezekiel Elliott kind of disappeared again. He's regressing. Tony Pollard looked good, but what's going to happen with him on the market now? Like, there's a lot going on with this team. Talent-wise, they are there. Coaching-wise, Defensive, offensive coordinators, 
Dan Quinn helping out, coming back. That's huge. Kellen Moore coming back, helping out offensively. That's huge. Mike McCarthy still just a bonehead and just does not get it. They should let him go. They should get in a coach who knows what the hell he's doing in terms of managing late game scenarios. And if they did, then the Cowboys can absolutely win the Super Bowl. But with McCarthy, he's holding them back. So that's a pass for me on Dallas. Bengals 16-1. Folks, it is very hard to get back to the Super Bowl, especially as a loser. Dan Marino got one when he was younger than Joe Burrow and never got back. Never got back. Now, the Bengals may be in a more fortunate position with their youth surrounding Joe Burrow, and they have, I think, the fifth most cap space or fourth most. But again, you're still in a tough division that is the AFC North. You got the Steelers who, if they can get their quarterback situation figured out, still can be tough with Tomlin as your coach. The Browns, I guess if Baker Mayfield stays healthy, he's wreaked havoc on the Bengals during the regular season. Burroughs never beat him. And then you got the Ravens who I think arguably could be the better team if they stay healthy. And again, you're still competing with Lamar Jackson, with Justin Herbert, with Patrick Mahomes, with Josh Allen. So no thank you. Titans at 20 to 1. You know what I think about the Titans. Tannehill can't do squad. If you have Tannehill as your quarterback, you can't have a Super Bowl trophy, regardless of what receivers and running backs you throw at them. So, no, thank you. I would eliminate all those teams. Now, let me get to the teams that I would take a flyer on and actually have taken a flyer on, to be quite honest with you. I'll start the team with the highest odds, and that is going to be the Arizona Cardinals. So, the Cardinals were actually 28 to 1 yesterday, last night when I was talking about this at Bat Rivers on my show rush hour and this is obviously doesn't have that much leverage behind it but at the same time it doesn't not have leverage behind it the last two super bowls have been won by the team who has hosted the event at their stadium the bucks hosted the super bowl two years ago the bucks won it the rams hosted it at sofi this season the rams won it the cardinals get the super bowl next year Hurry up, put everything on them. No, I'm joking. But look, you can throw that out there if you want. Realistically, the Cardinals are still a very uber-talented team. Kyler Murray with this offseason drama, not great. But if it's just smoke and mirrors and, you know, just hearsay and it, there's not actually any validity to it, then that's just going to give more motivation and a bigger chip on the shoulder for this Cardinals team that was really good last year, got embarrassed in the postseason, and more so, again, let's be honest. They're not going to be 25-1 to 1 at the start of the year. They're not going to be 25-1 to 1 at the midway point or the end of the season if they stay healthy and can play anywhere near as good as they did this past season. What holds me back from betting them is the coach, Cliff Kingsbury. You didn't trust Mike McCarthy? I will triple times up you with Cliff Kingsbury. This guy has been a disaster in the latter half of seasons everywhere he has gone. It is uncanny, it is consistent, and it is a reliable trend. Can he switch it around, though? Maybe he can, maybe he can't. NFC West could be more wide open. What's Russell Wilson's future? What's Matt Stafford's future? Who the hell knows what's going to happen with the 49ers? So the door is open for this Cardinals team. And at the price of 25-1, to 1, and again, they were 28-1 to 1 last night, I think it's worth a little bit of a play. Because that number is not going to be there, folks. And you can get these cash-out options, remember. You could do prop swap. You could do a lot of things. The Cardinals are a talented enough team to get down to like 12 to 1 for their uh, Super Bowl futures odds at some point in the regular season for sure. Now, another team, and these I have three teams, and these next two are the ones I would actually strongly consider and recommend more so. Let's start with the Baltimore Ravens. They were 22 to 1 yesterday. Now they are 20 to 1 is their best number. I took a flyer on the Ravens. If this team stays healthy, and you could say that for every team, it's the NFL, but even more so if the Ravens, which they were 
unable to do at any point this past year, which is stay healthy, they are going to be a force in this AFC. Lamar Jackson, solid quarterback, whether you believe it or not, it's the truth. Harbaugh, great coach, whether you believe it or not, it's the truth. And if you sulk about his two-point conversions, shut up. They were the right decisions. And if it goes their way, we're having a completely different conversation. And honestly, the value may not be at 20-1 to because they're in the postseason. But the Ravens will have a good year if they can get a little bit of help defensively, but more so get some more receiving weapons for Lamar Jackson and stay healthy. Ravens will be a legit threat, and they will not be 20-1. to so I like Baltimore a lot at 20 to 1. Value will not be there the closer you get to the season and throughout. Team I really like, Chargers. Bet Rivers has them 20 to 1, highest odds they got 25 to 1. The Chargers are arguably one of the most talented teams in the National Football League. Justin Herbert's one of the most studly up and coming quarterbacks in this league and I tweeted about it i mean look i like i think the conversation is certainly interesting you know who would you rather take him or joe burrow the easy answer right now obviously joe burrow considering what we've seen but justin herbert i would argue has a better skill set and frame and just a prototype as a quarterback now brandon staley a lot of people don't like because of his aggressiveness his use of analytics and just again being very assertive in what he does on fourth downs i don't have a problem with it are there some spots where it was questionable and you probably should have punted for sure? But in the long run, I think that aggressiveness and that risk-taking is going to benefit this Chargers team. Again, look, they got Keenan Allen. They got Mike Williams. Who knows what's going to happen with him in the offseason? Austin Eckler, a solid rebuilding offensive line. And Justin, just go back and watch that game from Justin Herbert against the Raiders. That's all you need to know about the potential and talent that this team possesses. Defensively, still need some help right? They still need some help. They couldn't stop the run game for squat. Pass defense was good, but it started slacking in the second half of the season. But they have the second most cap space in the National Football League. They will address those needs. They will get this team ready, and the Chargers will be a playoff team. And I would actually bank on them. I wouldn't doubt it at all if they make it to the AFC Championship this upcoming season. We'll come back to this. We will come back to this. The Chargers have so much talent, and I have so much faith in Herbert. I love this Chargers play as high as 25-1. to 1. You betcha I'm going to take a piece of that. I think this Chargers team gets down to as low as 10-1 to 1 odds at some point. I do. And you can old takes expose me if it doesn't happen, but I'm telling you, the Chargers are the real deal. Now, something I put up on Twitter... Going furthermore to that Herbert versus Burrow comparison, and, and I'm not going to get to the head-to-head. -head. You can make a case for both guys, absolutely. And Burrow has the advantage because of what he's done with arguably less. I get it. So what I tweeted, though, was which quarterback do you think reaches a Super Bowl quicker from this point on, from this day going forward? And I also put in parentheses, I realize Joe just played in one, so we would seem to be the easier answer. However, you also have to consider how historically Super Bowl losers and how they fared in the past. Dan Marino, again, never got back to one. Look at the Atlanta Falcons when they lost. No bueno, okay? It has not been easy for these teams to bounce right back in it. You have the hangover. You realize how tough it was to get there, especially when you're a team like Cincinnati who caught lightning in a bottle and caught a lot of breaks. And you blew the Super Bowl lead. You had it. You couldn't execute in the second half, though. 
okay? And you're still in a very tough division in the AFC North. And again, you're dealing with all those AFC quarterbacks. Danny, the Chargers are too. I get it. I do. They're in the same division as the Raiders, as the Broncos who may get Aaron Rodgers, and as Patrick Mahomes with the Chiefs. So that is going against Herbert. But just the fact of how tall that mountaintop is, how much it takes to get there, to do it again and very quickly, it's tough. So I would trust Justin Herbert. And you know what? I tweeted this out an hour ago, got about 40 votes. 75% voted Herbert. 25% voted Joe Burrow. The Bengals, historically cheap owners. They have the fourth most cap space, I believe. They need to build their offensive line, and they will. But the Chargers, in my position, or in my opinion, are almost in a better position to win right now. Burrow got sacked, I think, 70 times this year. Who knows if he even has an injury? I mean, nothing's come about, and I guess I doubt he does, but he was screaming in pain during that Super Bowl. I mean, the dude has taken some hits. What about the longevity between these guys, right? Herbert's gotten way more protection. He's got a bigger frame, stronger arm. I just think the recipe adds up a little bit better for the Chargers. Would I bank on the fact that Burrow never wins a Super Bowl? I wonder what the price would be on that. I think we talked about this yesterday. I, I think we did. But I don't know. I kind of want to ask a bookmaker these questions. The odds on who would reach the Super Bowl quicker. Is Joe Burrow ever going to win a Super Bowl? The yes or no. I mean, I'm sure the no would be a favorite because we know how hard it is. But it has my curiosity, that's for sure. But this Chargers team, folks, I'm very high on them. And the thing about Los Angeles, regardless of who's running this team, they have the inability to not get in the way of themselves, right? They shoot themselves in the foot. You could argue they did that against the Raiders when they called that timeout. We argued about it or we, uh, we had a discussion. And it's a ridiculous thing. We're not even going to get into it. But again, this Chargers team, if they don't get in their own way, if they address the run defense and they keep adding weapons to Herbert's lethal offense already, this team is going to be scary. And at 25 to 1, thank you. I will have another in taking a flyer on them to win Super Bowl 57. So that's how I'm handicapping these early Super Bowl 57 odds. Again, nothing I like with the Bears anywhere from 66 to 1 to 80 to 1. But if and when these odds, I mean, they will come out. But when they do come out, and we'll talk about it throughout the course of the summer, I'm sure. I mean, I know we will. But when these odds come out for teams to make the playoffs, we'll be very interested to see where the Bears' odds are at. A lot of that is going to depend on what they do in the offseason and what the Packers do in the offseason. Honestly, it will. The Vikings will still be the Vikings. Lines will slowly improve, but will they actually be able to put it together? Well, hey, we doubt it. But they did look better in a lot of games than the Bears did, despite the record. You can absolutely make that case. But the Bears' odds to make the playoffs, I think, will be a juicy play. And it's not going to be a popular one for anyone outside of Chicago because the Bears are the Bears. They got a defensive-minded coach. People don't want to trust that. People don't know what they think about Justin Fields. They don't think the Bears' defense is that good anymore. They don't think that they will have weapons, but who knows? Maybe they get Michael Gallup in the offseason. Maybe they get some big names on the offensive line in the offseason. You got to trust Ryan Poles and company, Ian Cunningham. You got to trust his coaching staff that is looking pretty sound from what Eberflus has brought together. So that'll be another futures area I'm seeking out for the NFL early on, summer, whatever it is. We'll try to keep it updated. 
we got to hit these talking points now that the NFL's over, right? You know, we can only talk about the Bulls during the All-Star break so much. At least we got some players featured there. And, you know, the, uh, the lowly Blackhawks that find a way to screw me. But I think it's fascinating to still talk about it. If you don't, I'm sorry. Let me know what you want to hear me talk about at Danny Burke 5. But still, there is good value out there. And I've taken a few pieces of it. Cardinals at 25 to 1. Chargers at 25 to 1. And the Ravens at 20 to 1. For either of those teams to be Super Bowl champions for the upcoming championship game. And again, even if they don't win, doesn't mean we can't make some money off it by cashing out, having that option on these books, prop swap, whatever it is, you will get a lot of good opportunities if you search for these numbers and your team performs over their expectations at some point in the season. So that's what we're looking forward to. All right, if you want some more plays, I'll probably add some throughout the day leading into my show Rush Hour. Remember to catch it, 5 to 6 p.m. Central Time. Check it out at vsin.com. That's V-S-I-N.com. Until next episode, um, I don't know if I will have one tomorrow, but maybe I will to preview that Bulls and Kings game. And regardless, if I don't have it, I'll definitely talk about it on Rush Hour. So until next time, folks, best of luck with all your plays and take care. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.